0: Welcome to Face to Faith, a regular podcast and column focusing on the faith lives of interesting people brought to you by the Chicago Sun-Times and available on iTunes and SoundCloud. I am Bob Hergeth of the Sun-Times. This week, my guest is Kevin Matthews, a longtime radio host in Chicago, perhaps most notably on The Loop during its talk show heyday diagnosed with ms nearly a decade ago he has not lost his signature sense of humor but he's found something else perhaps surprising given his sometimes wild persona a new calling to promote mary the mother of jesus and the rosary which involves a series of hail mary prayers that he said can bring physical and spiritual healing to individuals and the world cool all right uh... Kevin Matthews um, on Face to Faith for the Sun Times. Thanks so much for uh, for chatting with me. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. You've uh, so um, why don't you just real and brief? I mean, a lot of folks out there know who you are, but why don't you just in brief explain? Well, first of all, just your your upbringing and where you came from.
1: Uh, I was uh, born in uh, Pontiac, Michigan, just as that would be north of uh, Detroit, uh, and I grew up in that area, of Pontiac. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would uh, be, you know, in the early 60s, so it was a uh, volatile time in America and, uh, you know, I grew up in not a rich neighborhood by any means, in fact, it was a lower class, mixed race, uh, you know, it all connected to the auto industry.
0: Mm -hmm. And explain what your upbringing was, uh, was like, if you don't mind.
1: Uh, you know, I was, I mean, I didn't know, I look back at it, we didn't have much uh, back then. Uh, it was, uh, you know, you grew up, it was, it was a pretty tough area of uh, a Pontiac, and, uh, you know, I uh, I was really young, I mean, I'm, I was born there, but uh, the more I think about it, you know, as I entered, like, first grade, second, uh, we moved after the fifth grade, because it was just turning into a concrete a jungle. And I was—I I would have ended up in jail. So I was just getting in a lot of trouble, doing really poorly in school. And it, uh, you are your environment.
0: Right. And also, um, you, uh, you, you've you described before kind of a tough upbringing in terms of internally in your house, that there was, yeah. you know, the Vietnam War was ramping up and there was a war inside your house. Yeah. And, and that's in some ways how you sort of kind of created this, or, or forged forged this relationship with uh, with Jesus.
1: Yeah, I, uh, like I said, it, 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 you know, it was a very volatile time. Uh, you take 1961, and what was happening culturally outside the house and then inside the house, uh, that was volatile, too, because uh, my dad's uh, drinking alcohol. Uh, it was just fighting chaos inside and outside. And oh so, yeah, and and what I I was so little, you know, I was, I I mean I'm literally, as an infant or a two year old or a three year old, you're taken to this building called a church, and it was a Catholic church, uh, in Pontiac, and it was very ominous. It was very big, especially when you're that little, and I can remember you're 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 being taught that there's this guy that will protect you named Jesus, and so I just go home and get into bed, and you'd hear the yelling and whatnot, and I just, you know, I just wanted Jesus to take me to heaven. You know, I just, please, just take me to heaven, get me out of here. So that's where my relationship, at a very young age, at about an age of four, uh, that's where that was
0: born. And you've described him before as sort of a, uh, almost like a big brother?
1: Oh, yeah, there's no question. To this day, I I look at him as uh, as a big brother.
0: Gotcha. And so in brief, if you don't mind, explain your, describe your, your your radio career just in Chicago. I mean, you know, you started early in Michigan. Yeah. You, in, from the 80s until not too long ago, you were in Chicago, uh, one of the most popular radio hosts, personalities, DJs, um, you know, uh, around, right? And the Loop, you were there at the heyday. And, yeah. And,
1: you know, I can't, and when people say DJ, I mean, we were the direct opposite of that. You know, I mean, we, when I say we, me, Steve, Dahl, Stern, Howard, Brandmeier, uh, we revolutionized the way people were listening to radio. Uh, I started in 1986 in Chicago, and I left Chicago in 2005, but during that time um, I had a chance to work. We all worked at the Loop, AM 1000. We forced people from the FM over to the AM. The AM 32 states and Canada. It was huge. And at one time, our radio station, we, 10 million people, we were talking to 10 million people a week, and we just dominated radio. Radio stations from other cities would come in to Chicago, they would lock and load, they'd listen to us, write everything down, take everything we were doing. And I look at it now, it's such commonplace the way we hear radio today, but... Uh, we were doing it first. uh, The way, we didn't play music. If we did play music, it was music we wanted to play, not some program director. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was great because we involved the audience. I mean, the audience was young like us. We were all getting married, we're going to school, we're getting jobs, we're growing up together. And that was the beautiful thing about it. We got married together, we had kids together, we lived together. Everybody shared our life story on the air, and it was just, it was just a great culture in itself. Uh, AM 1000, we did, and uh, in 2005 I was getting, I just was getting bored with what I was doing, and I just wanted to come back to Michigan where my radio career started because I just wanted to go back to the starting line, and I wanted to do more, and I was. I came back, I did mornings, but also I was putting radio stations on the air, I was thinking of new formats, new radio shows, and I enjoyed it. But unfortunately, uh, radio has cannibalized itself in the last, you know, two decades. Right. And it's killed itself, and uh, it is what it is today. Radio, for the most part, is is dead. It's dead with the physical newspaper, network television. It's technology. The technology, you've got to embrace technology, and change is inevitable. It's always... We're in a constant uh, cycle of change. It,
0: and you were you were doing radio in Grand Rapids, where so you moved back to Michigan yeah. in '05, and then in '08, while you were still doing radio, I, I believe um, that's when you were hit with this horrible diagnosis, right? This this, this, this yeah, um, I, of MS. I, yeah, I was on the air doing morning uh, morning
1: show. It was like a Tuesday morning, and it was seven sixteen. I looked at the clock, and I couldn't move. I couldn't move my right arm, my right leg. Uh, I didn't know if I was having a stroke. Um, and eventually I went back. Uh, I went into the hospital. Uh, doctors, uh, this neurologist, uh, I got an MRI, and they thought it was a brain tumor. And where it was located, they couldn't operate. So they basically said in, because uh, it was just, you know, Thanksgiving time, November 2008. And it was like, basically go home and get ready to die. I mean, get your life in order because. If this is cancer, we can't operate. And so for the next 10 days, that's pretty much what my wife and I did. You know, okay, now what? And let's plant my funeral. I was about, um, in Chicago, is was about an hour away from a brain biopsy when the same neurologist said, no, you don't have a brain tumor. It's a rare form of MS. And so they um, started a treatment immediately, and uh, the treatment was just steroids and Powerful medicines and, and spinals, and it was it was really tough. And physically, it just took its toll on my body.
0: Right, yeah, I can imagine. And then, so fast forward, sometime after this diagnosis, um, again, you, you you I think you have alluded to that this this obviously when you have this dire um, diagnosis at first, and then not a, not a great one when it kind of comes into focus with MS. You know, you start. Really, sort of reflecting on life and, and, and you know and everything, and you've always been a spiritual person, um, and, uh, and but it all kind of came into focus a little bit more sharply because of the diagnosis or with it, and then obviously with you driving um, one day in what was it, oh eight oh nine, and uh, you uh, you heard a voice that said, "Get your wife flowers," right?
1: Yeah, I I mean at that time I'd always been, you know, I always believed in God. Like I said, as a little kid. God was my big brother. I, at the same time, from about 1996, seven to about 2002, I was spending a lot of time with uh, friends that uh, from Lakota Nation, Iroquois Indian, Hopi, Dene. Uh, I just was very comfortable learning their traditions. Um, so it was. It was spirituality, but it wasn't uh, so much a Christian spirituality. At the same time, I still had a, you know, Christian spirituality. But I'm learning about the heavens and the earth. What better people than the the folks that were here before us? Mm-hmm. And so, but, you know, you get diagnosed with MS, and the treatment was really tough. And it was really hard to get up because of the uh, the fatigue or... The physical—it was hard to move. It was—I couldn't work my arm, uh, my leg—and it was just really tough. One night, I was introducing Dave Mason, and the stage was really hot, and heat can affect MS. And I can remember I introduced Dave, but I was having a real hard time getting off stage. And Dave's a really dear friend, and it was like Dave's like I—you know—I got to get on stage, and I was just so afraid I was going to fall into his guitar rack, and I just knew that. Radio is going to be really tough to do because of uh, just the demand. It was just really, really tough. So, yeah, in um, I was driving in, uh, and uh, it was uh, around yeah 2011. Now it's been two years. I'm in Grand Rapids. I'm still doing radio. It's tough. And I heard this voice say, "Go get your wife some flowers." And I looked up, and nothing is a, a coincidence. You look up there, here's a flower shop. And I'm so glad that I turned in. It was uh, November, so it started to snow. I had to be careful because it was hard to walk. Because of the MS, so I'm walking, I get out of my truck, I'm walking towards the uh, floor, flower shop door, and I look over and I see a dumpster right by the door, and I see this statue of the Virgin Mary. And she's laying on the ground, Mary's on her back, she is completely broken in half at the waist and she's covered in dirt, her hands are missing. There's garbage all over her. And I just i was—I just looked at her and I heard this voice that just said, as clear as day, will you deny me and will you deny my mother? Mm-hmm. And I looked and there was no way I'm gonna leave this beautiful statue. Her eyes just looked at me. And so I walked into the uh, store, it was just me and the clerk, And I said, I want to buy that statue that's outside. And she said, no, it's not for sale. And I I heard that voice again, will you deny me? Will you deny my mother? And I just quickly said, God help me. Just said a quick prayer. And out of nowhere, I just said, "Um, I will give you money in your behalf to, there's some nuns that I think live out around here. And she said, I know your voice. She goes, "Are you the guy that does the morning show?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm Kevin. oh yeah, I listen." and I anyways i said listen i'll give you I'll give these nuns I think that live out here money in your name if I can just take her." And she said, "Fine. So I got out of the store as quick as I could. I didn't want her to change her mind. Mm-hmm. but again, I had no idea where that came from. I had no idea that there were nuns out in this area, and there are, and I've gotten to know them very closely since then. They're Franciscan nuns, and they'll play a big, a huge part of my life. Uh, if you read the book, and so I got the uh, statue, I got it home, put it in my garage, covered her up, and I just said, "I'll take care of you." Well, I contacted a friend of mine who happens to be a Catholic priest, Father Mark. And I said, "Listen, I found this uh, statue; she's broken in half. Uh, where can I get her fixed?" And he mentioned a monument uh, place. they build monuments so in the spring i took her over there and i opened up my truck and there she is you know broken in half and he goes oh yeah we can fix her i can uh, you know put a rod in and put her back together and we can make put new hands on her and i can paint her brand new you won't even know that she's been broken and i said no i i I said she really reminds me of me at the time because i was totally broken with ms i'm going to lose my job i you know it was just it was, it was, I was as broken as I could be. And I said, no, I think she reminds me of so many people. Me, or just, we're all broken. I want to just keep her broken. And I called her Broken Mary, and then she got blessed by Father Mark. Mm-hmm. And the minute she got blessed is when this statue, and it's as though this awakening of Mary uh, happened, and this statue is touched,
0: thousands of
1: lives around the world
0: right so so in other words just to be clear so she was she was fixed up enough where she was put back in, in, into one hole but but some of her other imperfections were kept right, right? yeah
1: she's all chipped and her hands are missing but I, I noticed not a, a scar or a mark covers her face at all mm-hmm. the rest of her body is is just all beat up but at the same time her face is perfect mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. um, like i said she has really touched many many lives because of what has happened
0: right to, to jump in here because right si- since then she's made you you and um you know um various friends in the in the area um have, have made a point of um using her as sort of this um inspiration so she's visited churches she lives at uh, your local parish she's gone to uh, hospitals and Uh, prison, you know, different places to provide hope and inspiration. Is that right?
1: Yeah. uh, What happened is, Father Mark, I eventually went and met the nuns, the Franciscan nuns that just blurted out of my mouth. Uh, I was telling them at dinner, I got up, and I had a microphone, and I had Broken Mary. She was there. And I said, you know, she represents the broken and how I got her. And I said, we're all broken. And Father Mark said, you know, you should really... Uh, I'll do a homily and come up on the altar and uh, address all the masses that were all broken through this uh, statue, which I did. And then I also, I said, this statue doesn't belong to me, it belongs to everyone. And so people were encouraged to take the statue and many have inside hospice. You know, the statue has died with people. Uh, The statue has been in intensive care this statue has been in hospital rooms where people have cancer or they've had strokes or she'll go to prisons or people with addictions. Uh, she also, Mary, in the last five years, I've really, it's amazing, Is if you do anything with Mary, she is gonna teach you or lead you to the rosary. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2000, and I found her, the statue in 2011, by 2014, I just wanted to. I had this desire to learn the Rosary during Lent. I didn't know how. I had to Google how to say the Rosary, and eventually, I thought to myself, "I'm listening to this audio, and this Irish man is, you know, narrating the Rosary, and I'm thinking he's got to, I, I, Wait a minute! I do this for a living. I could make a a recording of me narrating the Rosary, and I did, and we sent it to Apple. And so there's an Apple app people can get, download for free, if you go and Google, you know, just search on Apple. Mm-hmm. Broken Mary, you can get the app, and download it, and I recite the rosary. Mm-hmm. Well, I had so many people say, I don't own an iPhone, and so I made one for smartphones. And if you go to brokenmary.com, you can uh, download an app, and I narrate the rosary, and this app is being, uh, it's being downloaded all over the world and has been. Right. And now the app is being. Uh, so many people are being exposed
0: to this app and the rosary. It's so right, which is what it started to, to interrupt, But so, basically, you find being in this sort of uh, crisis, and then finding the statue, and then sort of the statue or, or Mary herself, you know, sort of leading you to this better place and this realization of her importance. And then you are now kind of spreading that word since finding the statue several years ago through the apps you've written a book also called broken mary which recounts all of this and sort of your life story and it's really so you've really kind of shifted from you know the audience that you used to um speak to through the loop and other radio stations the audience now is this more much broader audience the message is is different it's it's that you know you've almost become um i mean correct me if i'm wrong almost kind of a preacher you know trying to sort of lead people to god through mary is that right
1: Yeah, I I, I guess. What what I've noticed is I look back at all of this, how I found her, how she was put back together, she was blessed, and then this desire to learn the rosary, then this desire to create apps for Apple or smartphones, and now suddenly the people are starting to listen to the rosary. To me, it's all about the rosary. um, Because the rosary is the most powerful weapon there is. The rosary was given to us, mankind, by Mary herself in the 12th century.
0: And, um, and, for, and for non-Catholics, for people that aren't familiar with the rosary, it's basically a chain or almost like a necklace with beads on it, and you sort of rub your fingers over each bead one by one and say a, a Hail Mary yeah. or our, an Our Father, another prayer
1: exactly. um, in,
0: in, in sequence.
1: You basically, the rosary represents the cycle of Christ from birth to crucifixion to resurrection um, and it was endorsed by God himself you got to remember God created Mary as his daughter uh, God endorsed the rosary Christ Jesus the son of Mary endorses the rosary and so to me this is such a, a unbelievable people that have addictions And we're all broken look at society today look at we're on the brink of world war um and what a time
0: we're at we're at at a crossroads. it's a vehicle for people in your mind for getting um closer to god right and also bettering themselves
1: yeah uh yeah there's no question especially um the the people you know you there is there is no question people of other religions they go well we don't follow mary or we don't believe in this rosary or whatever and it's almost uh heresy because mary is so important to christ and to god and you you, you're not going to get to jesus without the virtue earning the virtue and grace of mary okay Uh, so it's 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 Okay. again the Rosary was introduced by Mary herself in the 12th century to father Dominic and mm-hmm. it's it's an amazing history and so, it's so well it's so much needed
0: today and it sounds like you've become I mean this has become um, not just your own personal beliefs this is important to me but this is something that you feel is now your mission to get this message out to other people right
1: but yeah there's no yeah yeah there is, is the rosary The rosary, the rosary, the rosary, the rosary, the rosary. Um, You know what is amazing? Uh, During treatment, if I go all the way back, when I was diagnosed with MS, and this is back in uh, 2008, the only thing I had religious in the house, my wife just came back from Fatima, and she bought this uh, little little brochure of Fatima. Fatima's in Portugal. It's 100 years ago. Mary appeared to these three small shepherd children, uh, and uh, it's you can Google it, folks. It's an amazing uh, what happened in Portugal. Anyways, I, I this is the only religious thing I really had, so I took it to treatment with me every time I went to a doctor's office, you know. And I've got this this brochure with me, and I find the statue of Broken Mary in 2011. It's like 19. 2014 now i'm recording these apps and i'm having coffee one day and i'm looking at this fatima brochure and on the back there's a website and i go i should write this website i did i hit send three weeks later i get a response from it and it turns out there's a woman joan alex who i've since met but i went to fatima in Portugal this last spring, with Father Mark and Sister Lucia, the Franciscan nun that uh, produced my book, and it's, it's 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 though Mary years ago wanted me to go to Fatima, uh, and it, it's it's amazing. Fatima is all about the Rosary. Um, it's
0: that's what Mary wants me to do. Is okay, and so to where are, people
1: to the Rosary.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. So where are you today? Are you still are you still broken?
1: You bet um we all are um, we all are uh, that's what's so uh humbling about
0: this, yeah, definitely, but it but it sounds like you have more peace and more hope than you did a few years ago uh
1: yeah I uh, yeah I, 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 yeah, you bet you bet you have a tremendous amount of uh, yeah it's like I said, the rosary is the rosary is it, it, it's like this when you hold the rosary, you're holding the hand of Mary. And when you hold the hand of Mary, you're holding the power of God. So think of that. And so, yeah, I'm definitely at peace. But at the same time, my job now is, the best I can, is to direct people to the rosary. And you'll find Mary, you'll find Christ, you'll find
0: God. Right. And and you've also, like I said, written this book um, within the past year or so, Broken Mary, about all this. And then as well, you're still... Podcasting, right, with uh, with Steve Dahl, or through Steve Dahl's yeah, sort of subscriber um, yeah, network, yep, is that right?
1: Yep, once a week, and have been doing that. Uh, Steve reached out when, you know, I was fired from radio, and, uh, you know, I, I've been doing that. And at the same time now, we've gotten, you know, I just had somebody from Australia call uh, that heard about Broken Mary, and uh, could be going to Australia, could be going to Ireland this next year, could be eventually going over to the Philippines. So it's kind of fun to just watch where this goes, watch where Mary leads.
0: That was radio personality Kevin Matthews on Face to Faith, a regular podcast and column brought to you by the Chicago Sun-Times. I am Bob Hergeth of the Sun-Times. Think about subscribing to us on iTunes and please leave a comment. This podcast was edited. Thanks for listening.